אבי, יאי שהרצון יחד. in the matchless name of Tiberius Caesar. I am his prefect, the governor of this province of Judea. I am Pilate. I am Pontius Pilate. And I admit I do not understand the people that I govern, these Jews and their customs but I'm not here to understand them. I am here to control them. And so my job is to keep the peace. And most of the time, I do that very well. That is until recently. It was three days ago on a Friday, early in the morning, Caiaphas, the high priest, and his entourage from the Jewish temple showed up at my door before daybreak. I was here at Fort Antonius. This is where I stay when I come to Jerusalem. And so these men wanted an audience with me. Caiaphas said, may I, may I have a word with you? Now, I had already done a favor for Caiaphas the night before. He asked for troops. And so I sent him troops. In fact, I sent him a spira of troops, 600 men to capture one man, the man that Caiaphas said was the most dangerous man in all of Jerusalem, a Galilean by the name of Jesus. Now, it's funny because the people loved Jesus. But the religious leaders hated Jesus, and they were jealous of Jesus. And so here, early in the morning, before dark, here's Caiaphas and half of the Jewish ruling council standing at my door with this Jesus in tow. Well, I came out on my porch. Caiaphas, what brings you here so early this morning? Now, even I, in the dark, could tell that there was something wrong with his robe. I said, Caiaphas, is your robe torn? And he said, indeed it is. He said, this blasphemer said such discrediting things, dishonorable things about our God that I was forced to rend my garments. This is a dangerous man. And I said, this is a religious matter. Take him and judge him according to your own laws. And he said, we have judged him, and we have judged him worthy of death. Death? For what? Oh, Pilate, this man 
is a threat to the entire empire. He claims to be a king. And so I thought about this, and I had the guards take Jesus back into my house so that I could interview him. So, is it true what these men say about you? Are you a king? Are you the king of the Jews? This man then had the audacity to say to me, the governor of Judea, he said, is that your idea? Or are you just the errand boy for the Sanhedrin? Ha! <laughs> I said, am I a Jew? Does any of this have anything to do with me? It was you, your people, it was your chief priest who brought you to me. And then I said, what is it that you have really done? And his answer to me was shocking. It wasn't what I expected. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight against my arrest by these evil men. I said, ah, so you are a king. He said, it is as you say. In fact, it's for this reason I was born. And for this reason, I came into this world. And that is the truth. And I said, the truth. Now, that would be a great thing to get this morning. So I walked back out to Caiaphas, and I said, I find no basis for a charge against this man. I'm going to release him to you. And at that point, the chief priest began pointing at him and accusing him of every crime in the book, from not paying his taxes to starting a rebellion. Well, I decided at that point that I was going to do everything in my power to have that man released from those men. So I had an idea. I said, I tell you what, let's send him to Herod. You see, Herod was the ruler over Galilee. And after all, Jesus was a Galilean. So I said, Herod should judge this case. I knew Herod was in Jerusalem for the Passover. And so I sent Jesus to Herod. And guess what? Herod agreed with me. He sent me a note. He says, I find no basis for a charge against this man. I read the note out to Caiaphas and his men. Herod agrees with me. There is no charge against this man that makes him worthy of any punishment. He has committed no crime. But they just kept pressing me. I hate to be pressed. So I had another idea. I had made it a custom to release a prisoner during the Passover. Sort of goodwill of the Romans toward a subjugated people. And so I found a prisoner, 
a notorious man who was preparing to be executed, a brigand by the name of Barabbas. And so I stood Barabbas on one side of me. I stood Jesus on the other side of me. And I said, I will release a man to you. I will release a prisoner this day. Who would you like for me to release? This murderer, Barabbas? Or the man called Jesus from Galilee? And Caiaphas said, release Barabbas to us. I was shocked at those words. And my next sentence just sort of fell out of my mouth. I said, well, then what do we do? What am I to do with this Jesus called Christ? And Caiaphas said, crucify him. Well, I wasn't about to do that. I mean, the man had done nothing wrong, nothing worthy of death. And so I said, no. But I will have him scourged. Take him away. And so my men led Jesus off to be beaten. I thought, maybe that will satisfy those bloodthirsty Sadducees. And then I went back inside. What a morning. <laughs> what an incredible morning. And I sat a while thinking about all these things. It was about that time that I got an urgent note from my wife. And when I read the words that she wrote to me, I'm telling you, a chill went down my spine. She said, have nothing to do with that righteous man. I've had many dreams about that man. This very evening, be careful what you do with him. Hmm. And I had already decided that the man was innocent. In fact, he had, he had done nothing worthy of being punished at all. But her word was righteous. Righteous. In right standing with God. Having no sin that God must punish. That's the word righteous. She said, have nothing to do with that righteous man. I think it was at that point that I actually began to feel scared. Me! <laughs> scared! But I was afraid. And I was determined. I was going to have nothing to do with that righteous man. And it was about this time that they brought Jesus back. And I looked at him. It's clear they had beaten him mercilessly. And he was covered with blood. And as I looked, I thought, well, it ought to be obvious to all that this man is a threat to no one. And so I said to Caiaphas, behold the man. 
And now I will release him to you. Well, I noticed about that time that the crowd had started to gather. It was light by now. And there were lots of people that were standing in this courtyard. The chief priest apparently had begun to stir them up because they all said the same thing. They began to chant, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. I said, for what? The man has done nothing wrong. And then Caiaphas said, this man deserves to die. According to our law, this man is worthy of death because he claimed to be the Son of God. And I said, the Son of God? The Son of God? Is that who you've brought to me? Is this who this man is? Well, then I was very afraid. And I, I ushered Jesus back into my house. And I said, now you tell me the truth. You tell me the truth and you answer me truthfully. Where do you come from? But he said nothing to me. Nothing. I was in a panic by now. I said, in the name of Caesar... Answer me, do you not know that I have the power to release you or to crucify you? It was then that Jesus turned to look at me. Blood, sweat, and yet his eyes met my eyes. And I saw in those eyes such confidence, such peace and poise. And he stared right at me and he said, you would have no power over me unless it were given to you from heaven. Now, you know, I've told you, I tried my best to get him released. I did everything I could. Uh, five Different times, I said, I find no basis for a charge. He has done nothing wrong. He is not worthy of death. I did all that I could do, all within my power. I've told you. But those filthy Sadducees, they just kept saying, he deserves to die. He must die. He is worthy of death. Finally, I said, fine, well, then take him and crucify him. See if I care. Crucify him. But I'll tell you this. My hands are not guilty of this man's blood. And so I signed the order, and they took him to be crucified. You know, that's when things begin to get weird. Complicated. Confusing, in fact. Yes, they, they nailed him to the cross. They, they hung him in the air, and he died rather quickly, actually. And then they laid him in a tomb that was offered by his friend. And they rolled a great stone over the door to this tomb. It was then that Caiaphas came back to me and he said, Your Excellency, 
This blasphemer, while he was alive, he said, I will be killed, but in three days I will rise again. So please put a guard in front of that tomb. Guard that tomb, please. And so I did. I sealed the tomb with a Roman seal. And I posted a guard, an entire guard, 16 men, to guard the tomb of a dead man. And now today, three days later, I am receiving reports that the stone has been rolled away, the guards have seen nothing, and the tomb is empty. There is no body in that tomb. Now, Caiaphas is spreading the word that his disciples came and stole the body out of the tomb, but he knows it's a lie because no one can produce a body. Just a few minutes ago, I received word that people are saying they have seen the man I crucified walking the streets of Jerusalem. What a mess! Well, is it true? (laughs) Well, it wouldn't surprise me if it was. But I'm not going to hang around and find out. I'm going back to Caesarea. (laughs) You might say, well, he probably wasn't dead. Oh, he was dead. My centurion made sure of it. He took a spear And he rammed it through his heart. The man was dead. But you know, that same centurion came to me later and said, Sir, we may have crucified the Son of God. There it is again, the Son of God. I'm not going to stick around and see whether he comes back to me. I'm leaving. (laughs) But I'll tell you one thing. If it's true, we will never be able to shut up his followers ever again. For the next 2,000 years, they'll be saying, the stone was rolled away, the tomb was empty, and Jesus is risen. You know, what's interesting about Pontius Pilate is here you have a man who had the power to crucify Jesus or let him go. And he chose to let the people to decide and ultimately they decided to kill and murder this man. And what's interesting about Jesus is it's something that he said on the cross that we're all familiar with when he was hanging there. He said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And it dawned on me Because a lot of times we have, you know, villains in our stories, right? And Pontius Pilate is certainly a villain. But Jesus loved him. In fact, when Jesus was going to the cross, I wonder if he had Pontius Pilate in mind. Because Pontius Pilate represents you and me. Because how many times have we betrayed him? How many times have we turned our back on him? 
And yet Jesus, just like he always did, was always with arms open, ready to say, I love you and I forgive. It's interesting too, because just like Pontius Pilate just said, that we'll be talking about this man that's risen for the next 2,000 years. I mean, Paul even said in 1 Corinthians 15, 14, he says that if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, then our faith is in vain. But I love the fact that the Bible declares that not only is risen, historical accounts declare that he is risen. And so you and I sit here today in 2019, on April 21st, talking about this man who wasn't in the grave anymore, who rose from the dead, defeating your sin, defeating my sin. And so now here you and I get to partake in a full relationship with God because of what Jesus did. What's beautiful about the gospel, what's beautiful about Jesus and what he accomplished on the cross and his resurrection is that you and I were separated from God. See, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. See, you and I, yeah. Without Jesus, without a Savior, you and I have an eternity that's completely separated from the creator of the universe. But God had a plan, the Bible says, before the foundations of the earth, that he would send himself in form of a man to know your sin and my sin and your judgment and my judgment. And Isaiah 53, or 55, uh, 53, 5 says that, for he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of peace was on him. And then it says, by his stripes, we are healed. See, that was my iniquity that I should have received. It's my chastisement. It's your chastisement. But in God's great love, he demonstrated that through his son Jesus and took your sin that you deserved punishment for and punished himself. He punished his son Jesus. And so you no longer have to be punished for that sin anymore because Jesus took your place. And the fact that he rose from the dead, not only did he take your place, but he sealed it by raising from the dead and living in victory, giving glory to his father because of that resurrection. There are those of you that are in this room right now that do not have a relationship with Jesus. But God is in this room. And the Bible says today is the day of salvation. And so here in just a second, I'm gonna give an invitation. If you do not know Jesus, and you've never asked him to be the Lord of your life. You've never surrendered your life to him. This isn't a thing where we come and ask Jesus to come into our, no, this is where God and Jesus then accepts us into his family and into his heart. And it's a surrender, but it's an incredible life that God allows us to live by following him. And it doesn't mean everything's gonna go well and it's gonna go great, but man, following Jesus is the only way. So I'm gonna give an invitation, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet. The second invitation is if you are far from God and you know you're far from God, you know that you've been living like you shouldn't live and you have a, a compass in your heart that you know is off. We're gonna give a second invitation for you to stand to your feet boldly. This isn't something where we just 
No, we stand boldly because we want to declare that we are following him, that we are a disciple of him. We're saying yes to him. So that second invitation would be if you're far from him to stand up. And then the third invitation is would be for everybody to stand up. That is in the family of God to then pray with those who are standing. But there's something about being a part of a family and a collective and a body and a church that when we declare the works of God and we pray together, that God gets all the glory in that. Amen. So first invitation. If that's you, you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life. You've never surrendered your heart to God. With everybody looking around and everybody watching, I'm asking you and compelling you to stand to your feet. If you're far from God and you know that you're far from God, I'm asking you to stand to your feet. Come on. Is there anybody in this room? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Guys, this is why we exist. Because this is the gospel. This is where people respond to a love that is unconditional. For those that are standing, let's have everybody else in the room stand. Everybody, let's all stand together as a family. For those of you who have made a decision to follow Jesus, there's a prayer card in front of your seat. Please fill that out so that someone can contact you and pray with you and to start your journey and walk you through. But it's right in front of the seat. But also, too, for those of you who need prayer this morning, we're going to ask our prayer partners to come down. We're going to sing a couple more songs. But as we're singing, please feel free to come down and allow those that are here to pray for you. If you need to kneel at these stairs or kneel at your chair, by all means, this is a moment where we get to celebrate the risen Savior. His presence is in this room. He's here. So let's say this. Say, Jesus, say, you are here. And say, God, I come to you. I'm asking you to forgive me of all my sin. God, you said that you would send Jesus to pay for all my sin. I'm trusting in that now. God, I surrender my heart. I surrender my life. I surrender everything that I am to your will. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. We give you all the honor. In Jesus' name, let's give him praise. Come on, let's give him praise.